Let's worship the Lord together in song, not only with the words on our lips, but with our hearts.
we be in a position to be able to serve and give in the name of Jesus. He is our blessed assurance. He deserves first in our heart, first in our life.
God, we thank you so much for the truth of that, God, that you're worthy of our praise, Lord, and you are faithful, God. <laughs> Blessed assurance, Lord. What can get in the way of your love, Lord? Nothing. And God, we just pray that as we see the pain around us, Lord, that we will not be numb, that we will not close a door to it, Lord, but that we'll first come before you, God, that we will grieve before you, Lord, that we will worship and praise your name. And out of that, Lord, that you'll break our hearts for what breaks yours, God, that you'll give us hearts of compassion and empathy, Lord. Um, and we thank you so much, God, for the truth that we're all made in your image, God that you're worthy of all of our praise, God, and that you love each and every one of us, God. And I pray, Lord, that this week, our eyes and our hearts will be open through worshiping you, through looking at your word and your goodness to see what you would want for us to do for your glory, how you want for us to shine your light in this time, God. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your mercy and your compassion in my life and in our lives, God. You are our Father, our good, good Father our perfect righteousness. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Good morning, good morning. It's so great to see you this morning. It's good to have people in the house today. It is week two of The Great Comeback. And uh, The Great Comeback is about the church being able to fellowship together, worship together, praise the Lord together, and to encourage one another. And uh, so this, this great comeback is happening, you know, slowly. It's like, like a garden, right? Like my garden. Like it, it, it's, it's got lots of good crops, but you go away for two days and you come back and it turns into a jungle. But steadily and slowly, this comeback just keeps happening and keeps happening. And uh, it's a good thing. So in the midst, in the midst of, of all of the turmoil right now that's going on in our world and the COVID virus and kind of what's happening and developing with that, is it real? Is it not? Is it making people sick? Is it not? Are the numbers right? All these things that are going on, the protesting, the rioting, voices calling for all kinds of, of craziness, people taking over cities. Like what in the world is going on? In the midst of all that, you know, it's real tempting to want to jump in to it and, and share with you. I wanted to share with you uh, what what matters most to God, you know, because for all of us, that's what matters most, right? Is what matters most to God. I was going to do that, but I'm going to wait a little longer and share those thoughts with you another day because what, what we really need to hear today, what we need to hear, you and I, is the, the voice of of God. What God has to say is what I want to share and what we need to hear, right? Amen? Because the Word of God, well, our comeback is here, but the Word of God is, is like a lighthouse in the midst of the storm, right? That's what the Word of God to you and me is. It's like in the midst of the fog, in the storm, it's this lighthouse among the static and among all the voices. What we need to hear is the truth. We need to hear a piece of truth from God's Word. So we're going to journey on into the book of Philippians chapter 3. And I'm going to try to keep this somewhat brief because we're going to spend some extra time today uh, praying together as a body. Okay, Because we do get to come together, so we want to pray together. So in Philippians chapter 3, uh, just to get a little running start, verse 17, Paul says, Join together in following my example, brothers. And sisters, and just as you have us as a model, so whatever we do, you do. That's what Paul's saying. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Follow these people. 
right? For as I have often told you before, and I'll tell you again, even with tears, many, many, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. There are a lot of haters out there who don't care about truth and what's right and what's wrong. They don't care about the things of God. They are enemies of the cross. Their destiny, Paul says, is their destruction. Paul doesn't pull punches here. He says things how they are. I love that about Paul. Their destiny is their destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly, temporary, worldly things. He goes on. Here's our passage. Verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, and he is powerful and able to do that, under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Paul says a few things here that are very critical to our walk in Jesus. And I'm going to move very fast because there's a few things that I want to point out, two truths here that I want to point out to you. These truths will keep you and your heart and your mind focused on, on God. They will help keep your feet on the path in the light. They will be a rock that you can come back to when you are engaging in the world and, and you're trying to reach out to your family and your friends and people out there and you're engaging in warfare. These truths will be the rock that you come back to, to, to be recharged, to be, to be refocused so that you can go out again and do that. We cannot just stay here in a safe place. We have got to engage the world. We know that, right? That's, that's what we need to be doing, engaging the world. Well, here's what he says. The first truth is this. Paul says, verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there. Paul says, truth number 23 if you're keeping notes, we're going to 27 truths out of the book of Philippians. We're on number 23. We're almost there. We're getting there. We're so close. Truth number 23 is we eagerly, we eagerly await. Just say that with me. Eagerly await. We eagerly await. That implies a lot of things, doesn't it? And that is sweet, sweet news to the lost world, that we are eagerly awaiting a savior from there, from somewhere else. Get this, from, from planet Earth, all of us, the human race trapped in this, this world of sin, separated from the creator of the universe because of our rebelliousness. We are in a hole. We are on the Titanic and it's sinking, it's going down, and there are no life for us. There, there's nothing to save you. Okay, we're in this hole and none of us, none of us in and of ourselves, no matter how smart we think we might be, none of us can pull us out. None of us can buy us a rocket ship to the moon and escape what's coming. None of us. Doesn't matter what planet you go to, it's still small. The whole universe is tiny. In, in God's eyes, right? In, in relationship to God and all that he is and all that he does and all that he's created. You can jump planets, that's fine. You're still part of the human race and you're in the same hole with us. Remember the Chilean, the Chilean miners, they were trapped, uh, you know, in that hole down in the ground. 33 miners, 69 days, August 5th, 2010, 2,000 feet below the surface of the earth, 2,000 feet, all exits, all entries trapped, right, cut off, blocked, collapsed. There's no way out. 
The only way out is if somebody on the outside reaches down and pulls them out or makes a way for them to get out. Well, it's going to take, it is going to take someone, not from this earth, to reach down their hand and pull us out. Someone from there to come here and rescue us. And where exactly is there? Paul, Paul says, our sister, yeah, we eagerly await a Savior from there. Where is there? You might ask. Well, there is heaven, right? Not someone from this earth, not someone from another place, or not from another planet, but from, from a spiritual place that we call heaven. The place that Jesus came from when he was born in Bethlehem and the place that Jesus ascended to when he left this earth and finished his mission and died and rose again and he ascended back to heaven. A real place, right? That's where there is. It's, heaven is our spiritual home for our soul, right? For, for our soul. That's where there is. We are eagerly waiting a Savior from there, from heaven, to come back to save our soul. And our soul is the very core of who you are and who I am as people, right? It's the very seat of all of our emotions and our thinking and our will and our reasoning. The everlasting, eternal person, the very core of who you are, the real you, far beyond the flesh. Not the color of your exterior, but the soul and spirit that is your life. The Bible refers to this like this. It refers to it in the Old Testament as the word ruha, and in the New Testament in the Greek as the word pneuma. And it has to do with two parts of every human, right? There's the body or the flesh, and then there's the spirit soul. Two different parts. One is temporary, one is eternal. And just as you, you and I, we all have two parts, body and spirit, or flesh and spirit and soul, there are two spirits in the world as well. There's this spirit of the evil one or the spirit of this age. The, the Bible refers to it as the spirit, the spirit or sinful nature that is in us because of our rebelliousness toward God. And then there's the spirit that Jesus poured out on the day of Pentecost that can come and live in anyone who calls on Christ and gives their life to Jesus. Two spirits in this world waging war for your soul and your body and your spirit, two separate parts in every one of us. It's why Jesus said on the cross, into your hands, Father, I commit what? My spirit, he said. I commit my spirit. The body on the cross went into a tomb, but Jesus says, I commit my spirit to you, separate. It's why Jesus said to the guy, the criminal on the cross with him, he said, today, today, this very day, you will be with me in paradise. Now we know that that criminal died. He was taken down off the cross and thrown into a ravine or a hole somewhere. His body was, was dead, but his spirit, Jesus said, you will be with me in paradise today. It's why Stephen, when he was being stoned to death, said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, receive my soul. His body, probably down in a ravine, pummeled by rocks, dead, left there for dead, rotting flesh, but his spirit separate. And it's why Paul would say, I would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Clearly two separate people, two separate beings, your physical flesh 
and your soul. Your spirit and soul is going to live forever. It's going to live forever. The big question, the biggest question that you and I could have to struggle with right now is where is it going to spend eternity? There are only two options, heaven and hell. We know that. We've heard that. Right? Either eternally in heaven or eternally in hell. Eternally with God in his presence or eternally separated from God in hell. In a place called hell where there is nothing good going on. It's not the kind of place that you think is going to be a party. Like we're going to barricade ourselves in and have this cool little party. That is not what hell is going to be like. The Bible describes it as torturing and, 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 and pain and darkness and, and weeping and gnashing of teeth. The kind of things you don't want to experience. The kind of place you don't want to, to go. See, we talk about going to a lot of cool places, right? On this earth, like Disneyland, France, Switzerland, Hawaii. Cool places that have cool things. And, uh, but the Bible, the Bible talks about heaven in the very same way. It's a place. It's a destination. It's the final stop when life as you and I know it comes to an end for you or for all of us. That's where God's people are headed. In fact, in fact, what Paul says is that is where our citizenship is. Our citizenship is in heaven. See, it's in heaven. He's, he uses, he uses few, uh, present tense. Right now, my citizenship is in heaven. It's, I'm not a citizen of the earth, even though I'm, uh, I'm an American, I live on this, in this country. Our eternal soul citizenship, the real me within me, the spirit soul of me that will live forever, my citizenship, that citizenship is no longer on this earth. It's in heaven. See, that's what Paul says. Present tense, not future tense, even though in the future we will be in heaven. But right now, we are transported, transferred into our citizenship in heaven. When you surrendered your life to Jesus, when you gave up yourself and you died to yourself and you said, Jesus, come live and dwell in me. When you believed and you repented of your sins and you changed and you turned to God for times of refreshing. When you were immersed into Jesus and you gave your life to him in baptism and you were raised with God in the resurrection of your soul in the watery grave of baptism, you became a new creation. You were born again. You became a citizen of heaven. Your flesh headed for corruption, still, that part of you, but your eternal soul now saved forever, forever. And there are two things about citizenship that are super critical to you and me as we think about our citizenship. The first thing is this, this world is not your home, right? This world is no longer our home anymore. Whatever you engage in in this world, whatever's going on in this world, we're a part of it now in the flesh because we live here in this body. But we're citizens of heaven. So what goes on here is, is, is small things. Okay, When we realize and we keep in mind that our eternity is, is connected to now God in heaven, in the kingdom of God, in an eternal place, not of this world. And we understand that this world is fallen and sinful. We realize there's a different perspective that we see everything happening. So when we engage in this world, our purposes are different. They're about helping people see the truth. And they're about helping people turn to God. 
change their ways and turn to God. We are no longer bound to earth and its coming destruction. The planet has been hijacked and sin, sin has separated every soul from the creator. When you became a child of God, when you give your life to Jesus, your passport gets stamped and it gets sealed by God's Holy Spirit and you are his. You are no longer attached to this world. The cord of sin and the sinful nature in the world has been cut. And you are free, free to live in Jesus. That's what you are. The second thing that is critical about our citizenship is this. We eagerly await Jesus to come back. That's the second thing that Paul wants to share in our passage is that the Savior, right? The Savior, you know, in, of the world, the only Savior of the world, is coming again. And we are eagerly awaiting for Jesus to come. That's what's cool about our citizenship, is that we're waiting for, for Jesus to return so we can go be home. Home is not here. Home is there. We're waiting to go home. It's, it's coming. He's coming again to put an end to the world of sinful and criminal behavior rebelliousness toward others and each other, and rebelliousness toward God. The chaos will come to the end, to an end. And these truths, these truths that we, that, that this world is not our home, that we eagerly await a Savior to come back, these truths should profoundly change the way that you and I feel about the mess of the world, and they should change the way we engage and why we engage in the world. We have got to be engaging in the world. The second thing Paul says uh, from our passage in Philippians 3 is this. He says, he says uh, the Savior, the Savior Jesus, that we're eagerly awaiting for, he says this, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body right so that's what he says and truth number 24 is this is that we will be transformed we eagerly await and we will be transformed if we are predestined for anything if you and i are predestined that word is thrown out there a lot if we are predestined toward anything it is this we are predestined to become like jesus fully more fully Okay? We are never going to be Jesus, but we are going to be made back into the image that we were once created in, and that is the image of God. That this vessel of clay, that for now holds the spirit of the living God, that this flesh of a human, this corrupt bag of bones that I live in, will soon, when Jesus appears, will be changed. It will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye, in the trumpet call of God. As he appears on the cloud, the Savior Jesus will return. And God's people, God's people who love and have surrendered to Jesus, will no longer be trapped in this body of death. He will transform our lowly bodies and make us to be like his glorious body. See, his resurrected body. His eternal, forever and everlasting body. And here's the good news. If anyone, 
anyone, red, yellow, black, white, brown, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, anyone who eagerly awaits a Savior from there to, to rescue us from heaven to come, and anyone who trusts in Jesus will be transformed. We shall be like him. We shall be like him. It's going to be a great comeback day. And today is a great comeback day because we get to focus our attention on Jesus, that he's coming for us, and that we are going to be transformed to be like him. In the midst of all of the bad news of this planet, the bickering, the fighting, the pointing of fingers, in the midst of the voices that seem so loud in the media, and the political circus that we are watching unfold in front of us, this voice, this word of God, is very, very good news. In fact, for you and me, it is a lighthouse. The word of God, the voice of God is like a lighthouse in the midst of a storm and a fog that we look to, we listen to, we, we come back to the voice and the word of God because he is our only hope. He is our only hope. Has, has the passport of your soul been stamped by God? Have you given your life to Jesus fully? If you have never done that, find someone to talk to. Text me, call me, connect with me. I will be glad to share how you transfer your, your eternal passport from this earth to heaven. God has laid it out for us in his word. I'd love to share that with you. I hope and pray that you'll be safe this week. May God bless you. Be careful. Father, watch over every one of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.